for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another podcast for y'all. We got a very special guest coming from Somerset, Kentucky. We got Cody Lee Meese. How's it going today, Cody? Going pretty good, surviving the uh, the pandemonium. How about you? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're kind of going through the same. It's, uh, you know, everybody's just kind of hunkering down and a lot of the uh, places are closing early or not opening at all. And, you know, it's making life interesting here in Central Texas. Yeah, no kidding, man. It's, yeah, it's been hard. I mean, not only for myself, but a lot of gigging musicians. It's definitely – and, I mean, you know, it's hard on everybody in all walks of life. But, I mean, mm-hmm. it's really hitting every nook and cranny of, you know, social movement. Yep, exactly. Um, what – are you a full-time musician or what's the uh, – are yeah, you, okay. yeah. I became a full time, probably about this time last year. Okay. Uh, up to that time, I was a mechanic. Okay, awesome. Um, so, what got you into music originally? Uh, it started for me when I was about fourteen. I mean, really, as far as getting into music, my earliest memory of being affected by it was I was like four or five, and a cousin of mine gave me a cassette of Leonard Skinner's greatest hits, and uh. And I had a little stereo in the trailer that I grew up in. And I cut me a, what, what I thought in my mind was a guitar shape out of a, a refrigerator box. Okay. And I uh, made a strap out of a shoestring. And I remember just jumping around in my room, you know, jamming out to Skinner. And it was probably, it wasn't until I was 14 that I actually got a guitar. And I don't know, man. It just kind of hooked me. I just fell into it and never came out. Gotcha, gotcha. And so Skinner... Is Skinner like uh, influence now, or was it just kind of the thing that got you into it? Um, I mean, to an extent. I mean, okay. I, I don't want to pin them against one another, but I'm more of an Almond Brothers guy. Okay. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. a lot of people here at home that might shoot me down for that. <laughs> you know, everybody's got their uh, taste and whatnot. But, um, so you're getting ready to release an album here in April. I want to address this first and foremost and all that stuff. What's that process kind of been like for you? Uh, man, it's been, it's been wild. (laughs) I like that. If one word was to sum up, sum it up, that would probably be it. Uh, we went to the studio here, uh, about a month or so ago, maybe a little more. Mm -hmm. Um, and it it just kind of worked its way out as, where we found the funding, where we found the studio. I mean, everything really, we didn't, it didn't seem in hindsight like we had to do that much footwork. I mean, Mm -hmm. everything kind of found its way and found its place and uh, it just all pulled together. Uh, It was, as far as being in the studio, I mean, I stayed there for the whole week and it was probably one of the more stressful things I've done for sure. Gotcha. Have you, did you write specifically for the album or did you just have a bunch of songs you already wrote? Uh, no, I had debated on doing that, man, but I've got over the years, I mean, of course, this is my first, you know, 
so to speak, real album as far as putting one out. Mm-hmm. So I've got a backed catalog of just, you know, a ton of stuff. And so really for me, it was trying to kind of pick, kind of cherry pick what I thought would be not all songs necessarily fit in a, a certain genre or a certain sound, but mm-hmm. kind of trying to pluck from my catalog things that, you know, the first track on the EP might not be what one guy likes and maybe the fourth song is the one he likes, you know? So I tried to really kind of have out of the five tunes, at least one that I thought everybody could get something out of. Yeah. Understood. And kind of what's your creative process like when you sit down to write a song? Scattered. (laughs) Uh, Man, my, my creative process and I talked to, you know, fellow musician friends and songwriters about this and, you know, it seems like everybody else, their, their songwriting style, their creative process is so, like, so organized and their, like, their work ethic is incredible. And for me, man, it's, uh, it's, it's real sporadic. I mean, but usually if, in my mind, if I have to spend, and I'm, you know, I'm definitely not saying that my way is the right way, but for, like, for me personally, if I have to spend more than like 15, 20 minutes to write a song, I just assume that it's, it's not, it just doesn't have what it needs to survive, you know? So usually, man, it's, it's like a 15 minutes process. And then once I've got it down, then I'll just, I might take it to a few open mics and just kind of hone it. And if there's a verse I'm missing, then each time I play it, I'll just make that verse up. And then over the course of a few open mics, the words or lines that stick end up kind of finishing that song out. It's very, it's very strange, man. I wouldn't recommend it. It's stressful. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine. I'd imagine. Um, and then how do you decide what you're going to write about? Uh, I, I generally, I don't. Um, really, like, I, I wish I had really cool answers for this, but it's really, <laughs> man, it's like, um, I don't know, but whatever just, I think whatever has been kind of harboring itself subconsciously in my mind, maybe that, I haven't decided to bring to the forefront of my consciousness and really address. Mm-hmm. I think those things that kind of hide in the back of my mind, that's their way of showing themselves or getting out. So, I mean, it could be anything from, you know, hating the job I used to have or, you know, something I said in a relationship a month ago that I probably shouldn't have said, or, you know, just regrets. I mean, really just whatever's been hiding itself and, and feels the need to get out and be shared. That's kind of how it goes. Yeah. Under yeah, understood. Um, so you said about a year ago that you became a full time musician. How yep. is how has that changed your entire outlook on the music as a business? How did it change your start the way you play? How did that change everything for you? I guess. If- Man. Um- the it's kind of funny man me getting into music and doing it full time i was an auto mechanic for all of my adult life because Mm -hmm. where i come from you either you either drive a truck or you become a mechanic and that's pretty much your only outs or join the military but i didn't my my track record was uh not something that the military was very interested in Mm -hmm. so uh my fiance now carissa she uh she told me after we'd been dating for some time she said you know i think that uh I think you're a great mechanic, but I don't think you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And I said, yeah, well, what do you mean? She said, well, I think you're supposed to be doing music. And I just kind of laughed and I said, yeah, well, I don't think I can do it enough to live on it. And uh, she kept on me for about two weeks and finally she just said, look, you need to quit your damn job. 
and you just need to go for it because I know you and that's the only way you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. So really I kind of leapt into it full time as <laughs> like it's, it's so petty to think about now, but almost as like, I'll show her, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it was like, there's, you know, no way this will work out, you know, but I mean, it just stemmed from, you know, I, coming from an area where dreaming is not really allowed. You know what I mean? You're, some people make it on TV or make it in the movies or make it in music, but where I'm from, you don't, you know, so you're not really, you're not inspired to chase any of those dreams, but I kind of took off to really see what would happen. And man, it's, it's been, it's been really awesome. I really thought from the outside looking in that it was going to be this very like high school click. You're, you gotta be such and such to be in and this and that, but man, really, and, and I don't, you know, I just know the experiences of the music scene in Kentucky, of course, because that's where I'm at. So, I mean, it might be different in another region. But here, man, it's just so everybody's willing to help you or give you advice on how to handle this aspect of the business or point you in this direction or share ideas. You know, you don't ever approach anybody, at least in this music scene, and ask for advice and be like, I don't know, figure it out. You know, somebody's always like, oh, well, go talk to this guy. Mm-hmm. or go go talk to this guy i mean here it's so my perception is and, and it continues to change i mean the further i go because it's it's really it's really a lot easier from the business side than i thought it was you know i thought it would just be very cutthroat and i think a lot of that stems from probably my ideologies of like the nashville music scene or you know some other music scenes where it is very cutthroat and, you know, everybody's out for just their own and they don't have time to help you. So here it's been, it's just been really awesome. And I'm you're, you're constantly learning. You're constantly meeting and networking with new people who are beautiful minds that, you know, have good advice and good direction and have a common goal of we all should succeed, not just one of us. So, I mean, it's, it's been pretty awesome and it just gets more awesome. I don't know. Nice. Have you, I'll, you pretty much just answered my next question, so I'll kind of move on to the uh, uh, preceding questions from that. But have you had a chance to play outside of your music scene? Have you had a chance to get out and travel and stuff of that nature? Uh, somewhat, and like even at that, really sporadically. But we've, you know, in the course of doing this over the last year, we've, you know, I've garnered, you know, some fans and. Like I got a few up in Nova Scotia and I'll go ahead and just say Paul Kenny. He's, he's been really awesome. Uh, we've got folks a lot, you know, a lot along the Eastern seaboard. There's been, you know, a, a really good few come out of Texas, which has been, I mean, that's really uplifting there alone. You know, just when you know that someone that far away cares about something you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, especially when I haven't even had an EP out yet, you know, I don't, I don't have music for purchase yet. So yeah. for it to have spread like it has without that, it's been pretty impressive, you know, to me, uh, as far as like reassuring myself, you know, this is, you know, you're doing something that you can do, but as far as playing outside, we really haven't, haven't ventured out too much just yet, but I'm definitely, I've been talking with some people. I'd like to set up, you know, maybe an East coast run. I'd like to set up, you know, really, even if I could even make a circle of it, head up East coast, cross over to the North toward the West, and then, you know, come back down, go around the South and then back up and then come home. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm the kind of guy who, like here, the reason I have people on my team is because I'm not a logistics man by any stretch of the imagination. Like I, I literally just focus on, man, I want to go play for these people or I want to go play for these people. So like, as long as the logistics line out between the folks that handle that side of it, for me, mm-hmm. it's like, hell yeah, you know, let's go, 
anybody I can share music with, I want to, because for me, it's not about, if anybody gets in music for money, they're doing it for the wrong reason. Um, that's not to say that money can't be made, but if that's your drive, good luck because it's not going to happen at first. So for me, the payoff is when you get to share those moments with people of different areas that grew up maybe in different situations and you get to kind of share stories and especially even after the show at the end of the night where you get to meet people and, you know, someone says, Hey man, that one song touched me. That's always great. And that's really a bigger payoff than the financial side. So I mean, as far as where we've played outside, not much. But where we will, I'd say stay tuned because I'll, I'll play anywhere. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, you'd mentioned kind of the analytical side of things and how you had people up in Canada and Texas listening. Where's one of the strangest places that you never would have thought people would be listening to your music? Probably here at home. Okay. I mean, really for me, I mean, I know that might sound strange, but um, I actually had a, a talk with, you know, and I don't really, I won't put him on, on blast as the youngins say, but uh, a really cool figure and a, and a big staple of all the progress that has happened here in Somerset, uh, a great man recently told me uh, just kind of out of nowhere um, as he was leaving an event that we were hosting. Mm -hmm. uh, he said, just remember, it's hard to be a prophet in a small town. He said, there's going to be a lot of people here that don't believe in you, but if you keep doing what you're doing, it's going to work out. And it's like, so sometimes when someone that lives here is, you know, really hyped about my music, that really kind of, that really impresses me more than anything. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, and, and I don't really hold any amount of resentment for that. But I do get it in the sense that, you know, if there was a unicorn on every street corner, unicorns wouldn't be that impressive. Mm. And I'm not saying I'm a unicorn, but, you know, when you do something like that, a lot of people that are around you that have maybe known you for a while, you know, they don't think to themselves like, oh, man, that guy down the street's doing really cool stuff. Mm -hmm. People get tripped up sometimes thinking, hey, man, did you hear that guy up in, uh, up in Canada? Or, hey, did you hear this guy out in California, this guy in Oklahoma or Texas? You know, people are always kind of hung up on what is beyond what they can see. Mm -hmm. So when people at home get psyched up about it, or I run into somebody here that's like, man, I'm really excited. You know, I heard you got the EP going. I'm really excited about that. That really almost freaks me out more than anything. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, one of those things where or people that have known you for a really long time, they can't let go of those preconceived notions. Like I'm sure somebody in Somerset is like, oh, that's just Cody from eighth grade. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. And, and that happens a lot, man. I've ran into some people I went to high school with, you know, and they see my name either on, you know, gig flyers or uh, festival bills, you know, and they're like, oh, hey, man, it's, you know, oh, I didn't know. I actually ran into a buddy of mine who he works with the theater here in town. Mm -hmm. And uh, we ran into each other and we had probably met like five or six times before he finally told me he was like, dude, I just realized. You, we went to high school together and I was like, yeah, man, I, I thought you knew this whole time because I knew it the first time that he and I ran yeah. into each other. But for him, it was, I, I don't know if like, I guess it was just hard to put together because you know, you're right. You do, especially over such a long period of time, you get to see somebody for one thing. So when then they try to maybe chase a dream or almost, you know, to a certain extent reincarnate themselves into 
maybe a higher form of themselves, it's it's hard for some people to kind of let go of those previous ways or those things, you know. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. So for the people that aren't really familiar with Somerset, what's the music scene kind of like there? Is it all pretty much country or what, what, what's the scene like? Oh, man, it, um, here it's funny because it's it's a small town, but you can probably find just about anything you want to listen to here. Okay. Uh, we don't have, in Somerset, you know, specifically, you know, not really discussing the rest of Kentucky, but Somerset itself, there's not a huge music scene, but what we do have, there's no one who I see out and I'm like, ah, that was okay. Like, everyone you're going to see here, I mean, at least nine times out of ten. I can't say I've seen everybody who lives in this town, but anybody you see out playing, man, it's going to be good. I mean, you can find real folky stuff. You can find bluegrass. You can find blues. You can find uh, you can find some variations of hip-hop and electronic music. You can, I mean, in such a small town, it's, it's hilarious in a way how much there is. Uh, now, as far as what you're going to see primarily, um, I don't know. I get really, as a songwriter, especially maybe, I get really confused on the term on the term country anymore, mm -hmm. um, because I think it's become such country, at least for us, maybe that are on what most would consider the Americana mm -hmm. side or Americana spectrum of music. Um, country, man, people can say country, and they could be talking about Tyler Childers or Billy Strings, or they could be talking about, I mean, just. Yeah, they could be talking about a guy that does folk music, you know, up the road. I mean, yep. country has become—I mean, such a real broad, broad term. It's uh, kind of become what rock has been for a really long time. Yeah, yeah, that's well, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Because you have all these like subgenres of it. Mm -hmm. That I mean, country itself has almost become a blank blanket term. Yeah, <laughs> I and, mean, because even then you have people that are like, "Oh, yeah, I love country music," and they're like, "Oh, yeah, who do you like?" And it's. I mean, I don't want to say any names, but it's like this mainstream artist or this mainstream artist. And to a lot of us who are into Americana, we're like, no, 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 that's not country. Yeah. That's something they're telling you is country. But like, I mean, I see that that's where you're kind of right is, yeah. you know, because rock for so long, rock music, when metal first started, it was rock music. It was just harder rock. So, I yeah. mean, yeah, you do have these various branches of music. That, uh, it's, it's a very interesting time, for yeah. sure. It is. It is. And it's funny that you brought up Billy Strings because it's like, is he really country though? He's more of a bluegrass music, like, and then bluegrass kind of gets thrown in there because people don't really know the difference. And yeah, it's. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, and it, then even with Billy, I mean, you look at a lot of, you know, at, over time, you know, he's incorporated a lot of, you know, psychedelic, you know, elements to his music and, mm -hmm. and really some like, you know, rock elements to his music. So, I mean, even, what he does, while it might maybe be misconstrued as country, mm -hmm. even if you get the term bluegrass right, he's still got all these other elements that it's like, well, well, then what do you call that form of bluegrass? I mean, everything is, that's that's why I think, man, honestly, and I'm big, I'm just as big on nostalgia as anybody else in the world. I love so many periods throughout music, mm -hmm. but I believe without a doubt, man, we're probably right now, in this era, we're probably in the most exciting era for music that, I mean, has happened with, with, I mean, no doubt in my lifetime, but maybe in the last hundred years. I mean, there's, cause there's just so freaking much, man. And people aren't afraid, you know, when you look through the fifties and sixties and the seventies, 
and country music being one of my favorites when it goes that far back. Um, back then it was, you had a lot of record executives that were pulling strings that said, no, 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 no. Listen, Waylon or Willie or Farron Young or whoever you want to talk about, listen, yo, you can't do that because that's a little bit outside of your genre and we got to keep your audience. Mm-hmm. But it's like now we don't have that. You have the freedom to, I mean, if you listen to The Break, uh, you know, which is my EP when it comes out, good luck trying to put a, an exact genre label on that album <laughs> because, yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, there were some people that said, you know, whoa, 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 what are you doing? I mean, you've got a, what are, you can't just put that, you know, that much variation on an EP. And it's like, no, I mean, I think now that's the thing you should do mm-hmm. because this is that time that you can let, you know, that's going to slide. Yep. Is that going to work in 20 years? Man, I don't know where it's going to go because I mean, you look at the radio now, you know, mainstream radio, like what's that doing? There's just like, no one knows the future, but what's happening now is a lot of freedom in music and art. I mean, whether it's painting or photography, the freedom right now in the art scene is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. So. And I think it has a lot to do with the internet because you don't have those gatekeepers anymore saying, trying to keep the purity of each genre. And so somebody releases a a bluegrass hip hop crossover genre type album and it hits, you know, there's nobody there to stop it, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, it's actually music. a real thing that there is a hip hop bluegrass band that is playing out in New York and they are amazing. Hell yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, as far as that goes and you, you may have heard of them, uh, there's a group called the Cleverlies. Okay. And they do, like, they do bluegrass covers of, like, uh, past hip-hop hits. Oh, wow. And, uh, uh, dude, I mean, it like, it's really quirky stuff, and it's really cool. But, like, imagine without the internet, if they took that to a bluegrass festival, dude, they'd be thrown out probably, mm-hmm. you know, by purists and, and this. Like, they'd be booed out. There's no way. But, like, now that we have the internet, I mean, you're really right, man. Music and what's cool is really it's back in the hands of the people as far as if we like something, you know, there's not a label there to stop it or cut it down. There's not this group of purists that get the chance to kill the fire before it starts rolling. I mean, it's really if people like it, they're gonna get it. And if they want more of it, they're gonna get we it. can give it to them, you know, like it's beautiful. Yep. Yep, yep. I agree. But um yeah, so wh- What's the plan moving forward once the album releases? Probably, probably a couple private jets. Uh, I want to be the first person to have a brick houseboat. Nice. <laughs> no, uh, no, man. It's just really the the objective for me now, dude. Is I'm finally in a position to believe in myself where I never thought I could. Mm-hmm. Um, with SCP, you know, this EP just gets to be my first EP. Mm-hmm. I already have pretty much in mind what I want on the next one. I'm hoping that we can get enough done with this one that I feel comfortable releasing a second one toward the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, playing more, getting out more, being able to, I mean, just, that's always been the objective. I never okay. started this with a dollar figure in mind of this in mind or man, I wish I could afford to have these. No, it's just been sharing more and playing more. I, I'm not afraid to play anywhere in the world. 
I want to go to Europe. I mean, it's probably going to be a while now before, you know, some stuff's got to blow over before you can travel now. But, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the objective for me in moving forward is just making more and being in a position where I have that more time to write and create and meet more musicians that, you know, I like their music and they like mine and, you know, getting the opportunity to collaborate with more people. And, man, the objective is just trying my best to make cool freaking music. I mean, that's really it. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That, that's everything's kind of in flux right now because of the old, uh, virus pandemic epidemic, whatever. Um, but you know, I, I say give it a couple of months and everything will kind of be back to normal and independent musician or independent freelancers and musicians are going to take a little bit of a hit, but I think as long as everybody keeps working together, everybody will kind of ride through this one. But yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and going back to the internet, man, as much as, <clears throat> and uh, I down technology all the time because I hate it. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I hate it for certain reasons, but you know, it, it's almost shooting myself in the foot to say that because going back to the internet, you know, in a time like this where stay indoors, don't go out, don't do this. Thanks to the internet, we're in a position where we can still, even though we're not in the same room, we can all band together mm-hmm. and help to keep keep all the inner workings going. You know, I've been in contact with um, a few festivals that we've, you know, I've got this year, and um, they're like, no, hell no, give this a few months. We're probably going to be in the clear. We're going to keep it rolling, and you know, you got a lot of people that are trying to work together to set up. Facebook live concerts. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so much to the thanks to the internet and the love that we all share for a common goal. I mean, yep. we don't have to stop doing anything. Yep. That's true. We might not be able to go out to a show, but we're still strong. We're still here. We still communicate. We're still, you know, there's, there's still work to be done. Yeah. Yeah. And you still promote the albums and, you know, there's still a way to make everything work, although you can't go out and physically play shows at the moment. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I mean, that's like, you know, maybe it's a good timing that we got on the, you know, we're, we're, either, we're getting the website redone right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like with that, you know, CodyLeeMeese.com, soon there'll be uh, free previews for the album, links to digital download. Uh, we're working on shirts now, so merch should be available in the shop. So, you know, even with that right now, we might not be able to book a show, but the music and the stuff, if people want it, they can still get it. You know, you don't have to worry about going out, you know, driving a hundred miles to this show to get this shirt or get this thing, or you know, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it, anybody can, you can do anything pretty much, man. It's only a matter of time before we're teleporting and shit. Yep. Yep. That is very true. And I mean, Amazon's pretty damn close with their, uh, same day delivery stuff they got going on, you know? <laughs> right. Yep. But, um, so what's um it was t- when I first saw you were from Somerset I was trying to figure out where exactly in Kentucky it was cuz I lived in Bowling Green Kentucky for about okay. a year or so and so that's kind of how I started diving into the independent music scene um what's and I've never been much further past Bowling Green because when I was younger I used to stay just like in western Kentucky we would come down and go vacation down on like Kentucky Lake and Lake Barkley and all those places out in western Kentucky what what's eastern Kentucky like what's that whole setup like um 
Eastern Kentucky is a bit of a different animal. I mean, you do have some not really big cities, but, you know, you have some larger-ish, you know, cities in Eastern Kentucky. Eastern Kentucky, though, I mean, because really we're – I don't, you know, probably – okay, I see a lot of people doing this, claiming, you know, well, I'm, I'm from Eastern Kentucky, but really, man, I mean, I'm from Somerset. So, I mean, I don't ever believe in – you know, claiming I'm something I'm not, even though I think for a lot of people right now, they see a bit of a a benefit to claiming that they're an Eastern Kentucky artist. Um, and that's not to call, I'm not going to call anybody out for being fake on that or anything. I mean, that, that's totally up to someone to do their own research or whatever. And it, it's not my job anyway. But I mean, Eastern Kentucky, I've played some in Eastern Kentucky and, and I love it. But I mean, I love mountains, and hills, and trees. I mean, that's just, that's the scenery of home for me. Because Somerset, while we're not necessarily Eastern, we're, we're pretty damn close. I mean, you ain't got to go far to get there. Um, Eastern Kentucky itself, though, from my travels there, uh, you've got a lot of good music coming out of there, man. But uh, just like some pockets that you have within the community here at home, uh, there's a lot of stuff over there, man, that uh, they're, not, they're not into just because you're a Kentucky artist. They don't want to hear you. Um, I played, I played a place in, uh, actually south of here a little ways and, uh, I'll never forget it, man. It's, uh, it's a very, very, very church influenced region, very bluegrass music only. So I played a gig down there and I thought, I seen this old lady sitting down eating, you know, enjoying her dinner. And I thought, well, you know, I do some stuff that's a little off the beaten path and probably not fit for a church crowd. I better start off with something pretty relaxed. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, I'll start off with a George Jones tune. So I started off with choices. And this lady wasn't even done eating her food. She threw a napkin on her plate, pushed her plates, paid her bill and left. And it was like, so, I mean, I think there, there's a bit of a misconception that everyone, it's, it's just like anywhere else you go, man. Mm -hmm. You're going to find people in Los Angeles that love Kentucky artists or Texas artists or really any kind of, you know, look at culture, you know, from Saskatchewan, you're going to find people in pockets that love, you know, the movement that's happening, but still in these smaller areas like this, there's still a lot of pushback for, you know, especially if you're doing Billy strings, can't pull off dust in a baggie in certain places here back home. Mm -hmm. You know, when, once people find out a song's about something that they're not comfortable with, they'll shut you out, you know, and, and I've dealt with that too. I mean, you, you see a lot of stuff here that while the music scene, uh, the art scene, what probably those small pockets of backwards people would consider the weird folks, mm -hmm. you know, what us weird folks are doing, not everybody back home loves it. You know, they're still very, you know, and I love Bill Monroe, but they're still very, if it's anything harsher than Bill Monroe, they just soon board up the doors and keep you out. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really weird, man. But I mean, you're looking at Kentucky itself. I've always seen home as being, we're, we're about 20 years behind everybody else, you know, in just about anything that goes on. Uh, I mean, the, the town that I'm from Somerset didn't go wet until, oh my God, I was, it was probably in 2011 or 12, I'm guessing. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and even that, it, it wasn't the first time it was voted. I mean, it's had a bunch of pushback. The place that I was talking about where I played an hour south of here, uh, they just had a vote to go wet, and it got squashed. 
I mean, not interested. So, I mean, there's still – this is heavy-duty Baptist territory, man. And yep. there's – for us weird, eccentric folks, there's – it's not always a welcome home. It's a yep. funny look at the grocery store and get the hell away from my cart, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's something like the whole legalization of alcohol, being able to sell it, that was something that I was exposed to in Kentucky when we'd go – down there camping it was like okay we're in a wet county but if we go visit my uh great grandma's farm she's in a dry county so we got to make sure whatever we're we want we take it with us you know yeah yeah and i don't it's the funniest thing is is playing a gig and having to do that when you're playing a gig somewhere and you realize it's dry and you're like oh shit i better take something with me because mm-hmm. this gig <laughs> i can't even I can't even buy booze at a gig, you know, like that stuff to me is kind of funny. I don't yeah. Know. yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> but uh, I don't want to keep you too much longer, man. I just, I really appreciate you giving me the time. Um, oh, where, that's no problem, man. Where can everybody find the uh, album once it's released and like what, where can everybody find you online and all that stuff? Uh, right now we're looking at mid April as far as dropping the AP and it'll be at CodyLeeMeese.com. Um, you can find various things. I have a video right now, uh, that's a YouTube exclusive called sorry for everything. Uh, it's, you can find it under Cody Lee Meese. Um, you find me on Facebook, Cody Lee Meese, pretty much anywhere. I I just used the name they gave me, but, um, yeah, Facebook, YouTube, uh, the website, uh, and probably more to come. Usually if you'll follow on any of those platforms, that'll, that'll keep you well in the loop of what's up, up and coming. Gotcha. And has the uh, virus kind of affected your show schedule moving forward, or are you still pretty? There have been a, a few things that are a bit iffy, but uh, me, whether some would call it ignorant or reckless, uh, if I think that there's going to be 10 people there that want to hear some music, then I'll be the guy to give it to them. That's, that's not reckless. That's just being motivated. Right on. So. But um, once again, I want to thank you so much for giving me the time. Um, really appreciate it. It was a good conversation. Um, and then obviously once the uh, album releases, make sure you let me know so we can promote it, get you back on here, you know, all that fun stuff. Um, no doubt. And then if we're ever out in Kentucky, I'd definitely like to link up and get you on the uh, Jam Session podcast, which is a completely different animal in and of itself. So definitely yeah man i'd be a good uh be a good chance to introduce you to some more folks here at home that are uh pretty damn killer musicians nice nice yeah it's uh you know it, it's exciting times for everyone and hopefully we can ride through this as one as one majestic beast known as the music industry the independent music scene and you know i think we're going to be in good shape once uh, uh the summer rolls around yeah, we'll only get better as time goes on, man. It's just nothing but a speed bump. Yep, exactly, exactly. But um, once again, thank you so much. Thank you to everybody for tuning in, and we will see you all later.